Villas Grace Church. Building relationships that make followers of Jesus. Know, grow, go. To know Him, to grow in Him, to go with Him. Before uh, we move on, let's pray. Dear Father in heaven, Lord, we just love you and we praise you because you are the giver of all good things. Lord, one of your greatest gifts that you can give humanity is your truth. Lord, so we just want that truth to come forward this morning, Lord. Not a opinions or our human ideas, Lord. We want to hear the truth of your gospel this morning. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. This gentleman up on the screen, some of you may recognize, some of you may not. For those that do not recognize this gentleman, this is Jeffrey Dahmer, also known as the Milwaukee Cannibal or the Milwaukee Monster. This guy was on a 13-year killing spree as a serial killer until he was finally captured in 1991. I I, I remember it because I was still in high school and it was a really big thing uh, in the media. And I just remember even, you know, as as a high school student thinking, you know, there's evil in this world. And there are some very, very sick and deranged people. And it was just mind-blowing as all the details that came out about who and what this guy was. He committed the most unspeakable acts as he lured 17 or so uh, young men and boys, kidnapped them, and did the most unspeakable things that you cannot even imagine, which also ended in him consuming them as a cannibal. It's hard to wrap our minds around stuff like that this morning. And in fact, why are we bringing something so gross and, and evil up on a Sunday morning to begin with? Why? Because there's many reports... Some people verify that sometime before Jeffrey was actually murdered himself um, in prison, he, he came to a saving faith in Jesus. Think about that. People claim that he repented for all of the evil that he did. There was a pastor that was doing prison ministries that would meet with him. And he said this, this pastor's testimony is that one thing that, that really got him to start thinking was dispelling the theory of evolution. He had said that because he just figured we were just animals here by choice from, you know, things that happened over a billion years and there was no one that we would be accountable for, why not act like an animal? Why not just do all the craziest, sickest things that pop into your mind? But when he realized that there is a God that we're accountable to, that we were created in the image of God, his mindset completely changed. He communicated that he was glad that he was locked up, knowing that he would never want to hurt another person because of what Jesus had done for him. In fact, he went on in one interview saying that it would have been better off for him to get the death penalty because it would have given the families some more justice and closure. Well, as the story goes, he eventually got his wish as he was attacked in prison and brutally beaten to death. The weird thing was, is the autopsy report on him showed that there was no, there was, he died by blunt force trauma and there was no defensive wounds. It's kind of like he just sat there and took it because at that point, he knew he deserved it. So according to many who followed this story closely, it seemed to be the fact that he had a repentant heart. 
He knew that it was by the grace of God alone that he could even know God and that he could be saved. Church, could this in fact be true? Could this, this evil, evil man, evil incarnate on earth, got saved? Will, will this guy be walking the streets of heaven with us one day? What about the fact that some of his victims might be walking in the streets in heaven and see him there? I don't know if we'll recognize or remember all the things that happened here on earth, but is that just? Is that fair? This is what happens when real life and sound theology come crashing together. And that's the, why the, the title of today's sermon is Grace is Unfair. Grace is unfair. When, as, as Mike just said, it is scandalous. It is unfair. It does not make sense to our human minds. By all accounts and measurements, grace is not about fair. There's uh, some lyrics to a song we used to uh, play in the youth group years back by a band called Reliant K, a really, really good uh, Christian band. But one of the verses in that song was, the beauty of grace is that it makes life not fair. The beautiful thing about grace is that it makes life not fair. Listen, we committed the crime and Jesus paid the fine. Think about that. Is that fair? So none of us, much like Jeffrey Dahmer, none of us deserve heaven. There's not one of us sitting here this morning that we could say, yeah, I I deserve to go to heaven. It's all on me. We committed high treason against a pure and holy God, which is punishable by death, period. See, as we get into our our parable this morning, laborers in the vineyard, we'll see this idea of God's grace and the human idea of fairness completely collide. So without further ado, let's get into our text this morning. We'll be in Matthew 20, 1 through 16. Follow along on the board as I read on the screen. Says verse 1 For the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And going out about the third hour, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace, and he said to them, You, uh, you go into the vineyard too, and whatever is right, I will give you. So they went. Going out again about the sixth hour and the ninth hour, he did the same. And about the eleventh hour, he went out and he found others standing. And he said to them, why do you stand here idle all day? They said to him, because no one has hired us. He said to him, go into the vineyard too. And when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, call all the laborers in and pay them their wages, beginning with the last, the last person he hired, up to the first. And when those hired about the eleventh hour came, each of them received a denarius. Now, when those hired first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received a denarius. And on receiving it, they grumbled at the master of the house, saying, These last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us, who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to the last worker as I give to you. 
Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or do you begrudge my generosity? So the last will be first and the first last. If we took those 16 verses and we boiled them down into one main idea, we would get this this morning. Salvation is by God's grace and a gift to whoever he chooses. Salvation is by God's grace alone, and it is a gift to whoever he chooses. We'll see this morning in our parable that salvation is the work of God, and it's his to give freely. Listen, if we truly believe it's God's grace alone that saves us, and we could do nothing to earn salvation, in fact, none of us deserve to go to heaven, then it's completely reasonable to believe that even Jeffrey Dahmer has a chance to spend eternity with Jesus and with us. Let's break down these verses to see why that's true. Going back to verse 1. For the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. Agreeing with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them out into the vineyard. And going out the third hour, he saw their people standing idle in the marketplace. And to them he said, you go into the vineyard too, and whatever is right, I will give to you. So they went, going out again about the sixth hour. and the ninth hour, he did the same. And about the eleventh hour, he went out, and he found others standing. And he said to them, why do you stand here idle all day? And they said to him, because no one has hired us. He said to them, you go into the vineyard as well. So the first thing we realize in, in these first seven verses is that no one was seeking the master. The master was seeking whom he would hire for the day. I mean, these people might have been gathered in a place where they kind of knew laborers were hired, but not specifically by this master or for the amount they would be paid. It was all decided by the master. There was five groups of people who he would hire that day. Those who were he hired at daybreak, which, which, which was 6 a.m., if you think of it that way. So I want us to think about this, okay? You're, you're hired at 6 a.m., you go into this field and you're working, and you were offered a, a denarius. Then those at, at the third hour, which was 9 a.m., so you've been working since 6, some people roll in at 9 a.m., you're like, oh, who are these people? Okay, well, they're, they're going to help us work. And then the sixth hour, which is at noon, it's like you're ready to eat lunch. These people are just starting their day. And then those at the 11th hour, 5 p.m., 5 p.m., the workday is almost done at 6. And you know nothing's getting done the last hour of the day. That's when everybody's cleaning up and talking. You know, that's true. They were all sought, those all were sought out by the master and offered a fair pay. They weren't offered a denarius. They were offered whatever's fair I'll give to you. By the way, a denarius was a payment for a a Roman soldier for the day, so it was extremely generous. All of these men were extremely generous. Even the guys hired at 6 a.m. were extremely appreciative of how generous the master was with their pay. They were tickled that they were offered this amount until office politics got involved. Brings us to our first point. God seeks those who will receive his grace period. It is God that seeks us, seeks those who will receive his his grace. It's so important to realize it that it's God alone who seeks the sinner for salvation. Just like the master sought those who he would invite into the fields. 
It is the master that owns the field. It is the master that has the pay for the workers. And he seeks to offer those who he know who will respond to him. Kind of like salvation. It's God's plan. It's in God's power. It's God's payment for sin. And he will choose who he will dispense on, on anyone that he chooses. Dispensing his grace and his mercy and his generosity. So we see everything's all peachy and cool. Everything's fair until pay comes out. Now human fairness comes into the picture. Picking up in verse 8. And when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to the foreman, Call the laborers in and pay them their wages, beginning with the last up to the first. And when those hired about the eleventh hour came, each of them received a denarius. Now when those hired first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them only received a denarius. And on receiving it, they grumbled at the master of the house, saying that these last only worked an hour and you gave them equal to us who have borne, or you made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied, friend, I'm doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last worker as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or do you begrudge my generosity? And then he caps it off with, so the last will be first and the first will be last. So the master starts out purposefully to pay those who only worked an hour and he gives them a denarius, which was apparently fair to him. Because he promised them, I will give you what's fair. Apparently it was fair to him. Then by the time he gets to the workers that have been there all day slaving away, they are blown away that they receive the exact same pay as these other guys. Like, are you kidding me? They barely did anything. And they received what we received? That's not fair. If you've been in the workforce long enough, we all know that one, those one or two people that we work with, and you kind of get an idea, like, you know, kind of what everybody makes, you know, in, 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 at your job, and you're, you're kind of in your mind going, this guy's a buffoon, and this guy's probably making as much as I am, or if not more. And, and it, and it kind of gets you going. Like, why? That, that's not fair. I mean, we all kind of know people that we work with like that, right? Oh, unless that's you. I'm sorry. I didn't know. Okay. Listen. Listen to how the master responds to those who think that because they worked harder, they deserve more. Picking up in, in verse 13 right there, it says, But he replied to one of them, Friend, I'm doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Why are you upset, man? We made a deal. You were pleased with my generosity, and I held up my end of the bargain as I promised. You can't have anything against me. I did no wrong, and in fact, you thought I was generous until you found out what somebody else was making. Now, all of a sudden, I'm not so generous. So he says, take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last worker as I give to you. I, am I not allowed to, cho to, to do what I choose with what belongs to me? 
or do you begrudge my generosity? I get it. I, I get a little perturbed. I mean, I've, again, I've, I've worked in a lot of different jobs, and there are some people, they really just don't do much when they get there. And it, and it's, it does. It kind of starts to wear on you, and, and, and it, and it kind of starts messing with your mind, and you're like, well, if they're not going to work that hard, maybe I won't work that hard. And it's, and it, and it's just, it, it starts to, 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 to get really just way down on you. But we must remember this one thing, especially in this parable. At the beginning of the day, all of those workers had no job, no place to work, and no money. They had nothing. It was the master that supplied the way for them to make money. He paid them generously, and it was all according to his plan, his resources, and carried out by his generosity. Again, it sounds a lot like the gospel. And then the capstone of this whole parable is verse 16. So the last will be first and the first last. Now, it, it's hard because I'm a, I'm a linear thinker, so I'm thinking first, uh, you know, last first. And if you flip that, now this guy's last and this guy's first, that's not fair. That's not what Jesus is saying here. Jesus was pointing out, to us this morning, it doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian. It doesn't matter how many good things that you've done when it comes to salvation. The same person that makes a confession on their deathbed, if genuine, will be awarded the same amount of grace, a.k.a. salvation, as someone who has served Jesus their whole life. How is that fair? Brings us to our second point. Here's why it's not fair and it doesn't matter. Because salvation is about, not about our works, but God's grace. When you're talking about salvation specifically, now we, we will be rewarded in heaven for our work we've done according to what we've known about the gospel and what we've done with that. So don't sleep on that. And certainly don't sit here and go, well, I'll just wait for a deathbed confession. Because you could walk out this morning and a tree could fall on your head and you could die instantly. But we got to remember, it's not about fair. When it comes to salvation, we're all in the same boat. It's not on the screen, but Romans 6.23 says, The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God, uh, the gift, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus our Lord. So we've earned death. But God gives us this free gift of eternal life through the work and person of Jesus Christ our Lord. Tell me, sisters and brothers, please do me a favor. If there's one person in here that is free from sin, raise your hand. Completely free from sin, anyone. Just, just shoot your hand up. Nope. Well, your sin has earned you the death penalty. But Jesus came to rescue you. He took the death sentence that you owed God. Doesn't seem very fair, does it? Are you going to be angry with Jesus if you get to heaven and there's someone else that you've known and you didn't think they were a very good person and you're like, how did they get here? I, I was so good. How did, how did they get there? This guy's a worse person than me. There was a quote by one of my favorites, Charles Spurgeon, and it, 
<laughs> he says this, If any man thinks ill of you, do not be angry with him, for you are worse than he thinks you to be. Think about that. If someone thinks ill of you, they think bad of you, don't be angry with them because they really have no idea how bad you are. <laughs> think about how sometimes when you're talking to something or something comes up and you literally ha- almost have to bite your tongue because what's about to come flying out of your face. Even more, what if everybody could see your every thought as you thought it? Yeah, oof. Y'all wouldn't let me up here. I'm just telling you that. It, it, it's, it's so crazy because we think these things and we keep them on the inside. So actually, as we're wearing this mask, people probably think a lot better of us than we actually are. But it's us who fool ourselves into believing we're good and other people are bad. You know, we're good. We, we try and we make excuses for ourselves why we can't do things or why we upset people. But those other people, they're just lazy and they're dumb and we don't like them, okay? They're bad. Let me ask you this. Will we one day be walking through the streets of heaven and see someone like Jeffrey Dahmer? What are we going to do? Are we going to go rush over to where Jesus is and start shaking our fist at him, going, do you realize what this guy did? This guy was a cannibal. He ate people. He murdered people. All I did was get angry sometimes or, you know, sin in these little tiny ways. How is it fair that he is here and I'm here? I, I sacrificed for you. I came to church every Sunday. I tried to do good things. This guy gets to spend eternity in heaven with us? What gives Jesus? And we remember our main point for this morning, our main idea. Salvation is by God's grace and a gift to whoever he chooses. His grace is his to give freely to whomever he wants. Because it's not about fair. And I want us to really focus on that as we review what we learned this morning. As Joe comes up, remember our first point. God seeks those who will receive his grace. We may not fully like that or even fully understand it, but it's clear in Scripture this morning. It's God who seeks out those who will be saved by his grace according to his sovereign will and knowledge. God is sovereign. He knows everything. He stands outside of space and time, and he views it all at once. Now, there are some that that claim that his grace is irresistible, that when we have no free will, when he reveals his his grace to you, you have to take it because it's, it's just too good to turn down. And it, because he's God and because he's revealing itself to you and because he, he sought you, we are defenseless against it. That's definitely one, good, one, one way to look at it. And then there's others that, that see the sovereignty of God and the responsibility of man to respond. There are such really good theological debates on both sides of that. We'll probably be debating that until we're all standing in front of Jesus one day. But the bottom line is this. It's God that seeks us. Church, if you are here today and you've been saved by the grace of God, it was by no accident. It was deliberate and it was on purpose. 
He sought you out like the master of the vineyard who chose whom he would bestow his generosity on. Be encouraged today, sisters and brothers. The Lord of the universe who you and I rebelled against came down from heaven, lived a perfect life, died on a cross, rose again so that we would have the chance to know him. And then not only that, he made a special effort to seek us out and reveal his truth to us so that we can get saved, so that we could spend eternity with him in heaven. And we remember he gets all the credit as we look, remember our second point. Salvation is not about our works, but God's grace. Salvation is not about our works. We cannot do enough to earn God's grace for salvation. So we don't have the right to tell Jesus who he could bestow it on. We don't have the right to say what's fair because we're all in the same boat. That's way above our pay grade. We should strive to do good things, right? Because we represent the, you know, the king of the universe. We are his ambassador, so we, we sh- should strive to do good but not so we could say we're better than others, but because of what Jesus had done for us. That one part that I brought up about a reporter with Jeffrey Dahmer, and he was just kind of saying he's glad. If he couldn't get the death penalty, he's glad he he could be locked away because he doesn't want to take part in the evil of hurting people anymore. But in that statement, he recognized a couple of things, that it was still a part of his flesh. It was still a part of his sinful nature. But he was glad that he didn't want to take part in that evil. You know what? We should kind of view our sin the same way. Because here's, here's the one thing. Know you're capable of doing evil things, church. We're not exempt from it. And I'm not saying grossly evil things, but we're all capable of, of sinful behavior. That's an important thing to understand if we're to combat it, amen? Amen. Know we're capable of it and take measures to combat it. But most importantly, remember our main point for this morning, which was this. Salvation is by God's grace and a gift to whoever he chooses. Let's pray. Dear Father, help us to remember that life here on earth is not fair. We live in a sin-cursed world, and it will never be fair according to human standards. But help us also to recognize that it's okay because of your grace. Your grace gives us what we don't deserve. And if we cried out for complete fairness for all the people of the world right now, we would be in hell. We would get what we earned. But praise you, Father, for your love, your mercy, and your grace that we may know you and be saved. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, look us up on our website, www.villasgrace.com or drop us a line via email, connect at villasgrace.com.